I've just returned from the Tecmo Super Bowl Tournament 2023, and it's time to put my thumbs on ice. Welcome to MediaPod Smash 172. I'm your host, Jeremy Jordan, and, well, it's uh, day 13 of the challenge, so I might as well insert my audio log into this because, you know, killing two birds with one stone is, is always kind of a nice thing to do, especially when you're crunched for time because I've got such a busy life. <laughs> so why don't we start out with that? Because really there's no announcements. Um, I didn't really do many creative things this weekend because as I mentioned in the zinger, I was at Tecmo. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl is a Nintendo game that came out in 91 and has gained sort of a cult following over the years. Um, Madison was actually home, I think, of the first national tournament. And the plaza location where we play, I think, is that very location where they had these tournaments. And then eventually it grew and grew, and that location couldn't sustain all those people, so it went to a different venue. And it's really become a big thing for... Well, it's really nationwide. I, I've I've seen all sorts of different tournaments around, and ESPN even did a special about it at one point. So it's pretty cool, and we have been really into it mostly because of the influence of our friend Ryan, and of course you know Ryan as one of the former hosts, co-hosts of this show, and my good friend, and. Ryan introduced us to this game. I think he grew up with it, and I'm sure that his brothers probably got him into it. I think he might even mention that in the Tecmo doc, little mini documentary that I did. And we would play way back in middle and high school, and that's kind of where the tournaments were birthed. Um, we... Um, didn't really, you know, we weren't super hardcore because the skill levels weren't super equal. <laughs> I mean, Ryan and then there was this other kid named Kevin. Those two were like the grandmasters and they would just make everybody look like fools every time. And then, of course, there were two rivals vying for third place, which would have been me and Mitch, who you are familiar with if you've listened to past episodes and game shows. And so, and sometimes every once in a while we'd sneak into the second or I don't even know, maybe first position. I don't think I ever was first, but Mitch might have gotten into first place. But mostly it was just Ryan and Kevin. And so the tournaments were never super competitive back in the day, but they were always a blast. And... There was nothing really at stake. There might have been cash, whatever little cash we had as, you know, teens, but uh, nothing that you could really, no hardware. But that all changed when we would eventually get to college and Tecmo would come back alive. And we started redoing the tournaments in Madison with a bigger, more diverse crowd and more highly skilled players and it got a lot more serious and uh, it's really grown into this great thing to look forward to each year and try to uh, try to top. And we started actually doing it, I think at Ryan's place for maybe a couple, a handful of years, but then we moved eventually to the Plaza and the Plaza people have been super cool about it. Um, they, They've come to expect it each year. We bring TVs 
we bring our systems and we kind of take over the back room. Although, you know, technically we don't rent it out. So it's still available for public if people want to play darts, which they did. And, you know, it's, it's fine. People generally are, you know, don't get in the way. It's kind of a cool mutual space, except for last year where that dude tried to steal our trophy douchebag. <laughs> but otherwise it was, it's usually pretty tame. And this year, you know, it was tame. It was, uh, we had a few onlookers early on, some people going like, Oh, Nintendo, what is this? But generally, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. And I think we had 12 total players this year. Um, we do pool play to begin. So there's three games of pool play with, uh, three people or four people in the pool. And, then from there, you get your seating and go on to play the main bracket. And there is a loser's bracket, so it's uh, double elimination. And so it's it's really one heck of a day. You got the plaza burgers with the special plaza sauce, which makes it oh so special. It's not just another dive bar because of the plaza burgers. If it weren't for the burgers, well, that might be a different story. I mean, but to me coming from a small town, it feels so homey. I mean, you've got the wood paneling on the walls. You've got the dive bar atmosphere with the pool tables up front and back. You've got the different various beer promotional signs hanging up everywhere. I mean, it's, I do feel like I'm right at home when I walk in there, which is, it's nice, but great tournament. I wish I could say I took first place again this year, but I was defeated. I made it all the way to the end. I I played some really hard matches against Ryan twice, and I lost to some guy that was really good and went to a loser's bracket, played my way back into the championship, and then... In game two of the championship series, I lost it all. And uh, I was feeling pretty down until I realized you still get money for a second. And then the wind went back pretty immediately into my sails. <laughs> but still not as good as taking home a trophy in the bragging rights. I mean, I really do. I replay a lot of moments from that game in my head. And it does sound like I'm I'm piling it on to to be more like dramatic, but it is true. Like it's it's crazy to say this, but I play a lot of those moments, and I'm like, what could I have done differently, and where did it all go wrong? But there's always next year, and uh, I'll have to once my thumbs are back to being healed, I might have to start training earlier, uh, and that is to say, doing any amount of training at all other than the night before. And I guess we did do a few online tournaments here and there, but I don't even know if we did any in 2023. That might have been like early pandemic. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll just have to get a little bit more involved and uh, get that hunger back. So, But my hat's off to all the competitors and the winner. Um, it was a hell of a matchup. And, uh, you know, I... It was the uh, Chiefs, which I picked, versus the Bills. And I'm regretting not taking the Raiders because I had the Raiders available still. And Because um, the way we do it is once you use a team, you burn them for the whole tournament. And that is including in the pool play. So in the pool play, a lot of people tend to use um, crappier tier teams, but not like super crappy, just teams that they wouldn't want to use during the bracket um but it's uh it's very interesting to strategize around and hopefully you still hang on to some good ones by the end there's some people that though they feel they won't make it all the way so they'll just burn good teams right away much to the shock and awe of me and maybe some other onlookers but they know what they're doing <laughs> they know exactly how far they're going but that's not the right attitude if you think that way right away well then that's of course how far you're gonna go <laughs> but Great tournament. Uh, the night before was really great, too. I ended up going out there Friday night, and I stayed over at Ryan's house again. And he was great host again, great, really accommodating. Uh, again, provided me with a box of better chatters and uh, 
me and another guest were there, and there was also another great layout of snacks besides just the better cheddars. But to really get into my heart, the better cheddars were there, and that was I really big shout out for for you guys, you and your wife. That was that was fantastic, Ryan. Um, and uh, so it was cool to be able to warm up a little bit and get into Madison ahead of time because if you know me you know that I'm not fond of driving. And there's been previous years where I've been like a chicken with its head cut off trying to find a spot to park or a open parking garage before the tournament. And, you know, that's not me. I don't like driving around Madison. There's a bunch of one-ways and pedestrians leap out at you. And you don't want to get your head all swirling around before a big tournament. That's not the way to start this thing out. I mean, I think this is the best way to do it right here. You, you know, you show up the night before, you you get your head in the game, you focus, and then you all carpool down there together, and boom, you don't have to worry about anything. So hopefully he keeps inviting me back each year, and I'll keep that same plan of action each year. And so Friday was good. The tournament itself was good. And I made the decision to leave this time. Uh, I don't know if you, again, remember from last year, but I told a story about how I tried to stick with everybody who was drinking, and it didn't work out so well because I was the only sober one, basically. And so kind of felt a little out of place. And, uh, you know, the lesson I learned was, you know, just because you can maybe doesn't necessarily mean you should. You know, just to prove to myself that I could doesn't mean you have to. And the better time to be had was just to know your limits and know when to leave. And so I left right after the tournament ended and uh, luckily got a ride back from somebody back to the house. Um, his really, really great wife, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if he wants me to, but um, she was really instrumental in helping with all this, I think, as well, really putting up with it. I mean, that's pretty cool of her. I would imagine that he thinks the same thing. And, um, yeah, she gave me a ride back. She usually comes to pick up the equipment at the end. And then I made the journey back. And it was pretty late, and it was the night before daylight savings, which has me all swirly today and yesterday. Oh, my God, I was really in a weird headspace yesterday. Um, but more on that soon. Um, this, this does also tie into the challenge I know I mentioned I was going to dive right into the challenge and I've just been talking about the history of Tecmo or the day of but there is something worth mentioning here um, but yes I did I did eventually drive back Saturday night and took it real slow because there was some snow wasn't super sticking but still wanted to take it easy and um, made it home safe thank God uh, but yeah, so this brings up the challenge. So I must admit, and I did admit it during the Saturday, well, the Sunday and Saturday log, I guess, that uh, I did cheat a little bit. And I feel slightly bad, but I know that things happen and it wasn't super crazy. I mean, I didn't like completely fall off the wagon and go head first off a cliff so and I know you're I mean it sounds I'm making it maybe even sound more bad than it is so I should just say it so I had some sugar a little bit of sugar uh it just so happened that Garrett was also at this tournament yeah you all know Garrett hopefully from his appearances on media pod smash and he brought these weird caffeinated coffee chocolate things and some caffeinated energy bars and uh I was just really caught up in the festivities, and I really felt the need to try these things. And so they were like little chocolatey, coffee-flavored balls. <laughs> Chocolate balls. <laughs> I'm like, chef from South Park. Um, they weren't salty, though. Um, but uh, so I had some, and, and I don't feel super bad about it because I looked at the serving size and... Well, this these are really crazy too. I should mention that they were there was a weird tie-in for some reason with Ed Hardy. So they were Ed Hardy branded chocolate caffeine balls. Don't know why that is, but um, 
the serving size was a whole box. But the thing is, if you were to eat a whole box of these effing things, you're looking at 600 milligrams of caffeine, and that's like two bangs. Like, that's insanity. (laughs) Like, nobody needs that much caffeine. And uh, so I don't know why they recommended that as the serving size, or maybe they just were like, I don't know. It's just easier to add it all at once. And uh, so the whole box contained 26 grams of sugar, which is not bad, I don't think. And I didn't obviously come even close to having a whole box. Um, So maybe I had, um, I want to say, no more than 10 grams of sugar uh, that weekend. But I also had two Diet Cokes. And I know that technically isn't sugar, but people still could call me on that. So I'm just going to come right out and admit that I did that right here and stop it dead in its tracks before it gains any more traction and TMZ picks it up and exposes me as the fraud that I am. (laughs) So, But other than that, I've been keeping up with the meditation, feeling a little bit more zen. I'm going to try to go at it again actually tonight, I think, um, after I'm done recording because... The time change has put me in a weird headspace, and I I need to, like, get back on some solid footing mentally. Uh, But I've also been keeping up with the workouts. I have not missed a day of working out, as you'll hear in the Saturday log. And that was the most challenging one of them all because I was in an unfamiliar place. It would have been really easy just to be like, hey, we've got the tournament today, like, Who cares? That's what it's all about. But instead, I got up really early for me, which was like 9 o'clock, because I was really concerned uh, that I wouldn't get everything in on time and that we'd be having to pack the car and I didn't want to hold up production. So I got up early, put my running shoes on first thing in the morning, and just found a route. And luckily for me, it was the suburbs still. Ryan still lives in a suburban type area. So I just ran around a, a few blocks and did it for at least 20 minutes. I started a playlist and I was just keeping track. And uh, I, I pulled it off and I was really, really happy with myself because, like I said, it could have been really easy just to blow it off or say like, oh, I'll eventually work out when I get home. And then I don't know, who knows what would have happened. So did it, can feel good going into the tournament with that energy. And uh, it's kind of funny too. I saw the same neighbors in that neighborhood like twice in a row. And I was so concerned. I was worried, like, please do not let me see them again. Like, <laughs> not that I don't like a good interaction, but, you know, it gets starts getting into Awkwardville after a third time because who knows what they're thinking. I mean, they've never seen me in there before, and they might think I'm casing the joint, or it's just an, it's an awkward encounter to see someone three times no matter what. That's it. <laughs> so I'm glad it didn't happen. But really great time, great weekend. And uh, so I guess that's part of my update. I mean, I caved, but not completely. I went right back to work Sunday. You'll hear the log about that. And uh, as far as today went, I was tempted yet again as someone offered me some Thin Mints. And uh, I had to decline and say, I'm sorry, I'm not having sugar this month. And I, you know, I don't even feel like I should have to say that. I should just say no, thank you, because I don't want to come off as like preachy or on like a high horse. But it is a thing I'm doing, and <laughs> maybe it would spark some good conversation. <laughs> but I declined, and uh, yeah, we're keeping the party rolling. Like I said, I'll be trying to well. Yeah, trying. All you can hope for is to try. I mean, I'm going to do it, but who knows what how it'll end up. I'll, I'm going to try to meditate tonight. And if it doesn't work, I will get back out in that hot tub the next night and do it again. And I worked out this morning. And 
this was a great one. I'm really this. It's moments like these that I'm glad I'm on this track because I had something pretty important and cool to do today, and I feel that working out put me in a good headspace for it and a good clear head and ready to perform. And so this will help transition us into this thing that I did. So this is my other news, hot off the presses. I uh, had an opportunity to participate in something really cool. I did an interview along with my former boss um, for the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast, hosted by a gentleman named Max Story. And Max Story is a speaker and uh, he's an author. He's got a podcast and he is um, in the world of personal development and leadership. And uh, the reason I got this opportunity was because, well, A, my former boss had asked if I wanted to join him, so that was really the basis of it. But B, we participated in a book study of one of the books that he wrote, and it is the... Blue Collar Leadership and Teamwork, 30 Traits of High-Impact Players. So this would have been over the course of the last few months we did this. Uh, A few team members and I, and led by this other guy that I did the podcast with, um, Andy. I'll just say his name. I'm sure he doesn't care. Uh, He led this book study because he had... uh, Already, he was already familiar with with Mac's story and what he was doing because I think he discovered him through the podcast earlier, and I think eventually he went to some events with him, or events that he was at happened to be at. I'm not sure, but um, so he led these, and and we what we would do for the book study was there was there's 30 traits in this book, so we broke each study session into 10 traits. And we all picked out our favorite one from that, uh, from the 10. And then we would just go around discussing it and some more things would blossom from there. And so we got to be on this show and, and talk about our experiences and, and what we gleaned from it. And, and, uh, I got to share a lot about, you know, how I feel about different topics of personal development. And, and it was really awesome. It was a great experience. And, uh, it kind of taught me about the power of saying yes to things and looking for opportunities because you just don't know when they're going to spring up and uh, you have to be ready for that. And um, yeah, I just feel so grateful to be to have been a part of this. And so this episode is going to be dropping, I think, next week. And uh, it'll be episode 327 of the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. And you could find that wherever you get your podcasts. So I will mention it again, I'm sure. But if you guys get a chance, please check it out and listen to my uh, appearance. And uh, so, yeah, it was great. Mac is a really cool guy, really inspirational. It was great to meet him. And, yeah, I mean, I was just... I was so happy to do this, and I it's I there was a lot of buildup because I knew when the date was that this was coming well ahead of time, and um, I just kept thinking like, what am I gonna say? What sh- what should I be ready for? Um, and I'll admit, you know, even though I do this all the time, I was a little nervous, and uh, I even to the point where I think a lot of it had to do with daylight savings time a little bit, but uh, I also I dreamed about it last night. I was like. I dreamed kind of, well, see, this was almost like a nightmare in a way, but like it was kind of an anxiety dream because I dreamed about like hope, like things going possibly wrong or like being late for it or technology not working. But uh, I tried to push those aside today and I uh, actually listened to some positive audios prior to the interview just to get myself in a good state of mind and get pumped up and and I think it really worked. And, I, and I've been trying to, anytime I get nervous, um, this is actually something I t- took away from one of the Mel Robbins things. Uh, she says, try to turn your nervousness into excitement. 
And so I thought about that, and I really did try to channel my nerves into excitement. And I, I really think the combination of those things worked and really helped out. And it was also nice having another person alongside me. So um, really, really cool experience. And uh, in honor of that appearance, I brought today uh, five of the traits that I really enjoyed from this book. I mean, they're all really great traits. There's, they're all, and they all start with be this. Like, so it's like, for example, I'll say number five would be be positive. So they all kind of start with that. And, um, you know, as you read this book, which I recommend doing, I recommend reading this book, especially if you're in a team setting and, uh, you maybe want to do a book study of your own or just read along on your own. It's got a lot of different good takeaways for you and a lot of sobering reminders of things that, uh, you know, you could always be practicing, uh, not just in work life, but in, you know, personal life as well. And so I definitely, there's, there's so many more and I'm not doing it justice at all by just naming these five, but I thought these were five that really stuck out to me. So, and I'll just go over them a little bit. So number five, like I said, be positive. And that one's important to me because I feel like being positive can, well, just change your the entire course of your day. Uh, positive energy runs off on others. People know, you know, you can affect others with your energy and being positive can help change your mindset and get you going in the right direction. And it can make shitty situations really not so shitty if you're positive and you really think about it. And, um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about the power of positivity. I think I, I wrote a little bit about it too. And it's just, it's one of those foundational things. It kind of starts like having a good mindset starts with being positive. So a lot of things kind of stem from there. So number four is be inspired. I think that's really important. And the book talks about different ways and uh, why it's important. And why I think it's important is it can change your energy. Like I mentioned, you know, prior to doing the interview and the recording, I try to get myself inspired and it affects your state of mind and, and, and helps you, uh, you know, get centered. And I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. You can listen to audios, you can read books, you can watch videos, but the more you consume, the more things you might take away and the, the, better you'll be able to think about your growth and your goals going forward. Uh, number three, be certain. And this one was interesting because, you know, in a work setting, they talk about how um, it's okay to not know things. Like if someone asks you or, uh, you know, a certain question or, you know, you have to try to deliver, I don't know, just, it really just the first one. If someone asks you a specific question, we'll go with that. You don't have to like pretend you know a skill just to impress someone. Like Sometimes it is okay to just say, like, you know what, I really don't know. Because um, really, all you're going to do if you try to pretend and, and fake your way through is you probably end up in hot water because it's going to fall apart at some point. <laughs> uh, I know there's the phrase, fake it till you make it, but uh, it doesn't really work with a lot of things. And that's not to say you shouldn't try to learn. Obviously, that's uh, if you don't know it, that's a wake-up call, and you should take that as a sign like, okay, well, I don't, but you know what? I am going to do everything in my power to figure it out. And you and I, if it's something that we can collaborate on and try to figure it out together, then let's do that. But it's definitely that, you know, the book says it, and I agree. It's like a sign of a good leader to be not afraid to say, like, you don't know yeah, when you really don't. So, but be certain when you are. When you really do know something, you know, utilize those skills and, and be confident that you know what you're doing and be certain. Don't uh, don't 
guess. Um, the next one is be optimistic. And I think, again, it kind of ties into positivity and being inspired. Um, optimism, like hope, can really get you far. Uh, not blind optimism so much, but just optimism that like things will get better because um you know we've all had some challenges especially you know during the last few years i'm sure you know with with the pandemic and everything uh being optimistic gives you the mindset that better tomorrows are ahead and uh helps you to keep performing when things are looking a little bleak and, you know, there's a lot of other things that being optimistic helps with. I'm sure there's probably some physical health aspects to being optimistic, too. But what do I look like, a scientist? <laughs> You'll have to look those up yourself. <laughs> um, and then finally, number one is be disciplined. And this really ties into this monthly challenge, but it's uh, so much more than that. I mean, discipline has helped me changed my life entirely uh this the discipline to quit different substances the discipline to keep active even on the days that you really do not do not want to um the discipline to just be nice you know not not lash out in anger when you are when you have those opportunities presented to you, uh, God, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> um, just discipline for a lot, you know, any positive thing. And it's, it's very difficult. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a skill, but over time, the more you do something, the greater your discipline gets and the more growth you see as a person. And yeah, I mean, I think, it's really that's it's a it's something that's going to get you a lot of places. Like if you can discipline your yourself, your your mind, everything, you'll be able to get a lot of things out of this life. Um, it's it's not just the one thing. I mean, it's a combination of everything. And and as you read this, and as you read other things like this, you start to see that like all these sort of these things sort of overlap and pile on top of each other so it's never just one thing but um i do think discipline is a very very important thing so those are my five favorite traits but like i said i don't think that's even doing this justice at all i think you should if you're interested in this go check out the blue collar leadership and teamwork 30 traits of high impact players by max story it's available on amazon you can also find it on Audible and I'm sure other book dealers as well. And uh, he's also written a bunch of other books. And uh, those I'm still going to be having to check out. I haven't checked out enough of his stuff quite yet to um, to weigh in on. But soon enough. And uh, so, yeah, great opportunity to have had to do this and... Um, no way to transition out of this. So we'll just go into the next segment. <laughs> so finally, in honor of an upcoming holiday, St. Patrick's Day, I brought a list. And I guess it's a second list because technically the traits were sort of a list, but this is another list and it's definitely um, outside the realm of motivation. It's uh, more really about pop culture, and it is five great green things. So I thought long and hard about this. I mean, there's a lot of great green things out there in the world of pop culture. There's green characters. There's green automobiles, iconic green automobiles. There's green outfits, and, of course, you've got the man himself, the leprechaun, um, and variations of him. I mean, Lucky from Lucky Charms instantly comes to mind. But so many others. There's the leprechaun from the movie, Leprechaun, um, which 
I'm going to spoil it. I know I hinted at it last week, but I'm going to go ahead and say Leprechaun 2 is the movie that we're doing for the Freaky Film Club, and I was hoping to have it out a little earlier, but, you know, this weekend got very busy, and um, so I would expect to see this in the next few days, definitely before St. Patrick's Day. Um, So that is a special Freaky Film Club Leprechaun 2. Very excited about that. Um, But getting back to the list, so I really thought about it, and uh, I think I've got a pretty solid list here of uh, my five great green things. So starting at number five, we've got Gruntilda from the Banjo and Kazooie series. So if you don't know Gruntilda, she's uh, a witch that mostly just speaks in rhyme, which really adds to her character. Um, She's your stereotypical ugly, evil witch, and she's the main villain in Banjo and Kazooie. Uh, She's, I mean, as far as icons, I don't know if you'd put her up there with, like, the heavy hitters, such as uh, a Bowser or a, uh, well... Yeah, a Bowser. <laughs> but she's definitely up there. A lot of people love the Banjo and Kasui games. Um, they were wonderful platformers from Rare. And uh, her hideout was really one of the things that made it memorable. Um, it's a giant witch head and sprawling layer of different puzzles and environments and wicked enemies. And uh, everything in this world spoke. I think she spoke to a lot of these things too. Like there was um, different like henchmen, and I think there was like talking puzzle pieces, and and her she didn't really speak in like the games. I mean, there was word boxes to read, but really, whenever she spoke, it was just like little grunts. I guess what's grunt gruntilda maybe, but. Um, it was kind of, I'm going to try to do it. I might have butcher it, though. But <laughs> her, uh, whenever the dialogue happened, it would be like, <laughs> something like that. Um, so that was pretty humorous. Obviously, it was something that stuck with me. And uh, the game itself, it just, it really holds up. Uh, Rare knocked it out of the park. Like they usually have done in the past with some of their titles, most of their titles. Uh, so yeah, Gruntilda. Number four, <laughs> the Green Goblin truck from Maximum Overdrive. So not just the Green Goblin, but in the movie Maximum Overdrive, uh, directed by Stephen King, um, there's a specific semi, and for those of you that don't know this, it's a movie from the 80s about these semis that come to life. Well, really, it's, it's all a electronic devices and appliances and cars but some there's some plot holes because the boats really don't come alive alive and there's some cars that don't seem to come alive and other things that are electronic that don't come to life but we'll ignore that uh the point is it's a fun 80s b horror film um i think it kind of knew what it was doing other critics may say, what were they thinking and why did they make this piece of shit? Uh, if you want to hear our review on it, we actually did do a Freaky Film Club about this. And so that is in the first season of the Freaky Film Club. But uh, there's a specific semi and uh, it's sort of like the the big baddie of this film. I mean, you see it quite a bit and it's, it's kind of uh, famous it's uh, it's the Green Goblin truck. I mean, it's got a big old Green Goblin face right on the front of it. And uh, here's me trying to do another impression. Um, I was really inspired by my friend Ryan, and it used to crack me up because he would do it all the time when we were kids. But uh, whenever the Green Goblin semi came on, you'd hear the music in the background go, Chates, 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 Chates! <laughs> and uh, it, has quite, uh, it had quite the body count. Um, well, did it, maybe it only killed like one or two people, but, uh, it had a pretty gruesome one. I think it like hit some dude into a ditch. I think the preacher guy got hit by the green goblin one or maybe he got run over. It's been too long. I need to go watch it again. 
Um, but really great iconic vehicle and a great green thing. Next, now this is a classic. I maybe should have put this closer to the bottom, but really they're not in the super specific order. I mean, I love all these green things. And uh, this green thing is Nickelodeon Slime. And, I mean, I've got so much nostalgia for old Nickelodeon, specifically 90s Nick into the early 2000s. And uh, this was a time where, you know, a lot of shows were using the slime. I think the slime originally started in maybe the late 80s. But uh, I... This here's a trivia question. What what show was it? I think maybe it was you can't do that on television. Where's where we first saw the slime? Uh correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be it. And um it, it became really the the thing. I mean, it was the one of the big draws. It was like who's going to get slimed? What's what's going to how is it going to happen? And um What's it made of? What is it? That was another big thing. Um, and I think one of the big shows I remember where you'd see this really fairly often was figured out. Uh, they would have secret actions that would result in the panel of celebrity judges getting slimed. So I think like sometimes it'd be like touching your nose or saying a certain name or phrase and so then you hear like the alarm go off and then people would get slimed and it was always a riot every time. And uh yeah, a lot of great memories of that. I mean, and then then they'd have like, you know, of course so much slime on Double Dare and um there was another Mark Summer show and I think that also had some slime in it. Um I know it had a pie coaster. I don't know. Maybe it also had some slime. The show was called What Would You Do? It's just taken me a while. The gears are turning. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure that had some slime in it too. They really there was a time they just they it was all about the slime. They could not get away from the slime and uh couldn't blame them. People loved it. Still love it. Bring back the slime, damn it. Uh I know they, they do try to make references to it every once in a while. I don't actively watch Nickelodeon, but I know they do the uh team ups now with the NFL and they will show the weird overlays on top of the field. And um, so they'll show like different slime coming out from the end zones and stuff. And I actually have a uh, couple bobbleheads and they were crossovers with the Nickelodeon and NFL. And so I've got an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady and there's slime coming up at them. And it's pretty awesome. I, it makes my heart tingly to know that, you know, two things that I really love are, are collaborating. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's what a great team up. And actually behind them, I have a box of Applejack's Nickelodeon slime cereal. So that was another thing that they did recently, uh, with Kellogg's and, uh, so, I mean, the slime is still alive. The slime is still around and, uh, it may not have as big of a presence as it used to, but, uh, I'm glad they're still, you know, rolling it out there and making the millennials and um, I'm sure Gen, what what's the next one, Gen Xers, making them all feel warm and fuzzy inside. So next is Luigi at number two. I mean, I think that one was pretty obvious for this list because, you know, not only am I a big gamer, but Luigi is an iconic character. And uh, at first, he didn't really get his due. You know, he always played second fiddle to Mario, and you could argue that that's still sort of the case, but at least in recent years, he's kind of gotten to do his own thing and be the hero in his own stories. You know, you had Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. I mean, that was quite a bit ago, but you had that. That might have been, like, the first time we saw Luigi star on his own. Well, no, that's not true. Luigi got to be in that shit-tastic Mario education game. Uh, there was Mario is Missing, and, and uh, I don't know if he was the star of Mario's Time Machine, but definitely was the star of Mario is Missing, and... If you were a kid and you didn't know what it was, you, you probably were at first excited. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's another Mario game. But this time, 
I get to play the adventure through Luigi's perspective. And it even had the, you know, Mario graphics from that era. So if you didn't know what you were getting into, you didn't know that it was actually a educational game and it was quite boring. <laughs> and so that was his first foray into adventures. But then, of course, you had Luigi's Mansion, like I mentioned. And then he kind of got to do some other stuff. You know, there was the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which I am replaying because it is now available on the Switch Virtual uh, Game Boy Advance system. And I'm just remembering how awesome this game is. Um, if you're a fan of the Super Mario RPG or Paper Mario, this game is pretty damn close to that experience. And I really wouldn't be surprised if some of the writers actually worked on this one as well. Um, it's really got that vibe. And it's got the turn-based battles. you got the experience points. And um, you're going from different world to different world and, you know, trying to progress the story. So I really dig it. And uh, I'm glad Luigi has gotten to do some more stuff over the years. And finally, number one is the caramel apple suckers or is it caramel i sort of had a big discussion about this with someone over the summer once and uh really kind of decided that i've just been saying it wrong my whole life and it really is caramel and caramel is just nothing (laughs) but i can't i'm too set in my ways like i'm just gonna keep saying caramel and you'll just have to assume that i meant caramel If you see me on the street and I say it to you in person, please do not correct me because I do know it is caramel. But like I said, I, it's hard to change. Um, how do you say it? Is it caramel? Caramel? (laughs) That was like a combo of both. Is it carm, caramel or caramel? Uh, point is the caramel apple suckers, those green suckers with the caramel on top are some of the best candy that I have ever had. I crave them. Not constantly, but every time the season rolls around, I have to have one at least once. And uh, now that I'm not having sugar this month, I'm, you know, I'm really excited thinking about it. Maybe I'll have to order a pack of those or just a few on Amazon and and, and celebrate when the month is over. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's the perfect mix. You've got the, the caramel, but then it, you've got the sucker underneath. And when you get a taste of both of them, it's like a, a combo that you just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful combo. It's a symphony in your mouth. And it's right on up there. My other runner up for this, you know, in the same, um, Vain was the green Jolly Rancher suckers because those are really good too. And uh, really craved them all, uh, both those as a kid and an adult. And uh, yeah, great, worthy, really worthy of the number one spot. So, what are some of your favorite green things? Um, do you agree with what I have or are there things that you would add to this list instead or replace with, with yours? Write in the show and let me know or send me an email, uh, mediapodsmash at gmail.com and maybe we can discuss some of your favorite green things. And uh, I guess that's really going to do it. I mean, we've got the special Freaky Film Club episode coming soon. Uh, Look for it sometime later this week. And on Wednesday, we'll have the second round of audio log collections. So it'll be day 7 through 15. Is that right? Something like that. I don't know. You'll see. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) It'll be the the secondary collection for your listening pleasure and for my accountability. So lots of great things coming your way and hoping to get more video material out again on a regular basis. I took a little bit of a break. We had some activities. We had the tournament. And, well, 
not one for excuses, but yesterday I wanted to do some stuff, but daylight savings time kicked my ass a little bit. And uh, so, you know, we're going to get back into it and uh, keep checking the YouTube page for some special video content. And of course, starting with the Freaky Film Club, because there will be a video version of that as long as YouTube is okay with it. And uh, fingers crossed. I mean, so far we've been doing good. I started to learn my lesson from the first round of this when I did it way, way back in the first Halloween marathon. And I might have included a little bit too much of the clips, and YouTube didn't like that, and the copyright holders. I mean, really what it comes down to is who the copyright holders are and if they're okay with it. Um, You know, there is the fair use thing, but that doesn't always hold water. And so generally the rule of thumb is no, not too much longer than five seconds per clip. And you must really be talking about this thing, referencing it. And um, so we've been good so far. Fingers crossed. The only claim I've gotten for this season is Jason X, but they let me keep the video up. So everything, if everything goes smoothly, you'll see a video for each of the upcoming releases of season two and the clips that we're referencing. And this one was exciting because I think I mentioned this, but it was in person. So the first in-person episode of the season with a very special guest. And I won't mention it yet. I will leave you guessing. Who could it possibly be? All right. Well, that's all for today, folks. I hope you learned some stuff. I hope you uh, enjoyed the green list and MediaPod smash off. Have you recently lost a loved one and want to hold on to their memory forever? Would you like all of the world to be able to view what their life had been about? Seasons of Life Memorials is what you are looking for. We create individual and unique documentary shorts that will allow anyone visiting the gravesite to view the documentary and your memories of the loved one. Contact us today to set up an appointment at seasonsoflifememorials.com.